Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Don't worry, fans out there of rambling about racing. Preston and I are back after a week's hiatus due to scheduling conflicts. You name it, everything was thrown at us but the kitchen sink last week. But rest assured, we're back following an exciting Martinsville Cup race. And we have a lot to talk about today. But first and foremost, Preston, how's it going? How's your Halloween? How's everything, buddy? It, uh, everything's going. It seems like... Anytime you get around the holidays, things get a little busy. It's going like to only get busier. It's only going to get busier, yeah. man. <laughs> That's right. Thanksgiving's around the corner, and then we'll be hitting Christmas time. And oh man, uh, Halloween yeah. got pretty busy oh, for the most part. It was busy so, for us, man. Up there yeah. in Martinsville, I was I was fortunate enough. Well, first of all, I'm going to I'm going to tell everybody this again. I'm sorry about last week. I'm sure there was the one and only time Preston was able to come over, and he was waiting to. But then I had work conflicts that came up, and it prevented me from doing the show. And it felt like if we would have rushed it Wednesday, we would have rushed the show, 
It would have been just to get it out there for the sake of getting it out there. And I think press and our fans deserve better than just a rust show just for the sake of doing a show. If they, if, Oh yeah, I absolutely agree with that one. You know, we 100%. try to, we try to produce a great racing show. And if our, if I, if I feel as a creator and producer and everything of that goes into this show as well as you, I'm sure and as well as Charlie, who's still not with us, he'll be back in December. Can't do the show and bring a hundred percent of it to the fans at the time. Well then it's just not worth it. Yeah. And that's definitely how I felt. But so sorry about that, folks. But I want to take this quick moment here to thank the Colbert family, Michael, his wife, and two kids for allowing me to stay the weekend at their house there in Mooresville, North Carolina, because we went to Martinsville and we had a great time. But I got to say this first, man. It was so crazy driving around uh, Mooresville. I haven't been there in 11 years. Oh, wow. Or up there in that part of town or that part of the state of North Carolina for 11 years. And it was it was crazy because I was driving around. And if anybody lives in the Brentwood, Brentwood apartment complex there and you saw a random pickup truck drive by, that was probably me looking at my old apartment. I'm not going to dare say which <laughs> apartment it was. But it was crazy just going to the Walmart and then just doing all this stuff where I spent countless hours and memories. And it just made me realize how thankful I am to be in the position I am now with my wife, my daughter on the way in February, a house here in Somerville, South Carolina. It just it was great times up there, but I'm glad I don't miss it. You know what I mean? You're in a new chapter of your I life. I'm a completely new. Cha- I'm like five chapters ahead of where I was there. <laughs> I feel it, it was it was a fun time. And uh, we'll get more into that weekend as it was. But you, you mentioned that you had a good Halloween. It was busy, but was it good? How's your family and two daughters doing? Uh, it was, yeah, it was overall busy. But the the, uh, the kids the kids had fun uh, doing a little trick or treating and, and uh, getting a lot of candy and stuff like that. But overall, Matt, it was it was just a, it was almost a long night. I mean, we were gone for let's see, we. I think we trick-or-treated in the neighborhood. Then we went by my parents' house, and then we went to another neighborhood. So it was uh, it was a, lot, a long time of walking around. <laughs> well, and that's a good thing, though, because um, it was just one of those things where, where when I went to Martinsville, I went to Martinsville with the guys from Blind Spotting Podcast, and they brought everybody. There were 17 people total there at the race with us. And Holy it was, cow. Oh, it was an amazing crowd, and we sat right there, to, right to the right of the start-finish line, and... It was a crowded place. I had my Martinsville hot dog, my very first Martinsville hot dog. How and, was it? Well, if you know me, Preston, guess what I put on it? Probably nothing. Nothing. I didn't put anything on <laughs> I didn't put a thing on there. And they said, that's not really a Martinsville hot dog. It's like, it's a, re- it's a Martinsville hot dog from the racetrack. It's a Martinsville hot dog. And, and I, it was good. You know, I think I checked off a bucket list item, but the logistics of, Moving 17 people like that from point A to point B was that am- sounds like a lot. amazing because we woke up Sunday morning and this is a well-oiled machine that they have. They've done this countless times, Martinsville, Darlington, Bristol, you name it. They've done this more than once and you could tell. So I was on the phone with Caroline Sunday morning saying, you know, hey, I miss you. You know, all the good stuff. How's how do you sleep? You know, checking the boxes and checking right. in on her and and Michael and his family were already in the car, and I knew they were waiting on me because Michael gave me this look like, hey, man, piss or get off the pot here, you know? And and it was so funny. I didn't feel rushed, but it's like, hey, I got to go, babe. I'll, I'll text you when we get to Martinsville. And we get to Martinsville. It was a great time, and they stopped at this place to get 
chicken fingers and chicken and stuff. They, I mean, the whole nine yards was just just beautifully planned and organized by Michael and the guys from Blind Spotting Podcast, Andrew and Travis. And met I met uh, let's see, Andrew's mom and dad and a few other people came. But it was just a great time. But man, once they go, man, you gotta you gotta just go with the flow. And Martinsville was great. I didn't get my three five three by five uh, track flag, but that's okay. I'll find one on eBay somewhere, I'm sure. But the race itself was amazing. But a lot of controversy came out of that race. Now I know you you said you caught the highlights, but I'll tell you everything right here. It was so interesting. The last seventy five laps. I know you didn't watch Martinsville, did you? You didn't. You you didn't really have time to catch the Cup race or anything, did you? Uh, no, no, no. Well, that's. I mean, it's okay because I didn't catch the Xfinity or Truck race because I was traveling that whole day of Saturday, coming from Somerville up to Mooresville. But it, it seemed like a good Xfinity and Truck race as far as typical Martinsville. And we're going to give you the final four for those series right now, heading into Phoenix for what is the final race of the season. For the truck race, you have Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and John Hunter Nemechek going to be racing for a championship. And for the Xfinity series, Noah Gregson, Austin Sendrick, Daniel Hemrick, and A.J. Amendinger racing for the series. We might as well just give you a cup here and then explain deeply what's going on to this because I'd like to get your input on what happened here just based on what you saw with the highlights of the race. Kyle Larson, of course, locked himself in with a couple wins there at the start of the round of eight. Chase Elliott locked himself after the second stage, just on points, winning stage one and stage two. Truex, who barely got in by the skin of his teeth, and Denny Hamlin. But we're going to talk about Denny Hamlin here, aren't we? This is going to be a Denny Hamlin-heavy episode, I feel, you know? <laughs> this may be. Well, and... I see his point of view. You saw what happened. And for those of you who didn't catch the race or are living under a rock here, if you're a race fan, after the race was over, Alex Bowman won, which congratulations to him. I've never seen Alex Bowman won, nor that 48 historic 48 car win. So that was very exciting for me to see. But when Alex Bowman won, he was doing his victory burnouts. And Hamlin, we saw it on the track. Hamlin zoom around, turn three and four, and it looked like he was going to hit him. I mean, I thought he was going to daze to thunder him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, oh, no. And he prevented him from doing burnouts, did his own little burnouts, and showed him that Alex Bowman's number one in Denny Hamlin's book. But I want to get your first initial impression on that. I mean, you saw the accident that, that Bowman took out, in a sense, Denny Hamlin to win. I want to get your first initial impressions when you saw that. I've well, when I first saw it, I felt it was just you know kind of like a, a racing deal. I mean, this is we're talking short track racing here, so Alex Bowman has just as much right to move people out of the way as someone else would have the right to move him out of the way for a win. So I feel like I mean that's just typical. You know how we used to say that you know years and years ago back at Bristol, it's always typical Bristol. I feel like that's that's just typical Martinsville. Martinsville is just more of I feel like more Martinsville is more beating and banging than you would have at Bristol because I feel like it's much tighter racing. But I I think it's just a racing deal. You know, Alex Bowman has just as much right as to moving Denny Hamlin as probably Hamlin would probably want to move him. I mean, they raced each other for a few laps. I mean, they were trading the positions around and stuff like that. But, you know, hey, things like that happen. I mean, that's just that's just racing for you. It was. And, and be, before the race started, uh, we, we Michael and I had the fortunate opportunity of running into Winston Kelly and Alex Hayden from the MRN Network. Uh, 
Winston Kelly, of course, runs the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and Alex Hayden is a voice on MRN. And it was really neat because when I was talking to Alex, you know, it wasn't just a, oh, hey, how's it going? This is really cool. It, I wanted to get to kind of know him. Hey, I'm Matt. I, you know, I live in Charleston. And, uh, you know, where are you from? But I asked him, this my, I told him, this is my first time here at Martinsville. How is this compared to a Bristol, which is the only short track that I've ever known besides, I think, New Hampshire? And he said, this is much more of a physical racetrack than Bristol. Because Bristol, 500 laps goes by seemingly fast, I would say. Mm-hmm. If you were, if, hey, I've been to three Bristol events and it seems to go by fast. Whereas this one, everybody was minding their P's and Q's up to 100 laps to go. And then I saw at Martinsville what I expected to see at Bristol at the final round in, in that cutoff race, you know? And of course, it came down to a controversy between two drivers, though be it not Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick, which Chase Elliott had his own run-in with Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski did not make any friends this past weekend at Martinsville. But it came down to really just Denny Hamlin versus Alex Bowman. And then it came down to just Denny Hamlin just dogging everybody. I got a clip I want you to take a listen to later on in the episode. But I saw good hard racing. Hamlin got taken out. It was really no harm, no foul. He's been consistent enough in the season as a whole and in the playoffs that it was he still made the final four he's still going to be racing for a championship there at phoenix but do you think denny hamlin dug himself in a hole to the point where because now his attitude's showing up a lot more he's never used to be like this denny hamlin has this is only recent and i'd say in the past couple years that denny hamlin's becoming the new like kyle bush in the show Right. What do you think makes of that? I mean, is it a bad season? Because he has a few wins this season, and the Southern 500 and, I believe, Las Vegas. But- I, I don't think it's a bad season. I Honestly, I, I really I could not tell you. I, I don't know what, what it is with him. I feel like, I, you know, I hate to – I really hate to say it like this, but he, you're right. He's kind of becoming almost like what Kyle Busch was at one point. You kind of get that sense of, like, he's making it sound like he's kind of entitled on the track. And you can't like get he's in the his victim. Weight. Like he's the victim in all yeah. this. Yeah, and and I, I just I don't like that because like you said, you you know even I I went back not that long ago again and watched it and it's just him and Alex Bowman that the way they're battling that's just racing. I mean they're they're both driving it deep into the corner. You know if whoever's on the inside is driving it deep. I saw Hamlin drive it deep a couple of times and force Bowman a little bit up the track, but Bowman stayed right there on the concrete in the corner in that second groove, and he stayed with him. And I mean, it's just beating and banging. It's it's Martinsville, man. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I just I feel like at this point, and I I explained to you that what I saw, you know, right before we started the show, the interview with Hamlin talking about how he feels like it would be a disservice if neither him nor Carl Larson win the championship this year. I think Hamlin is starting to get to this point, and I I hate. I think the playoff system is starting to get to this point where it's it's in these guys' heads who are always consistent in the playoffs, they think that nobody else can be in their way. And it's if anybody races them hard, it's a non-playoff driver, then it's the end of the world at this point. I feel like those guys make, I think the playoff system is playing into these guys as that they can be, they are untouchable and anybody that's not in the playoffs is not allowed to race them. And I don't like that. Well, and Andrew brought up a good point. He's from blind spotting NASCAR podcast. When we were sitting there post race, waiting for the traffic jam to let off after in the speedway, he brought up a good point saying this winning you're in a knockout format isn't working. No, it's not. Because it comes down to one race, and if you make a mistake or a bad pit stop, which you, which is not an excuse, in my opinion, to 
hang your hat on and say it's outside of our possibilities. It's like saying Talladega shouldn't be a cutoff race because there are so many variables. There are variables, I think, in every race. Every pit stop has to be perfect. The car has to be set up right. The driver's got to do what he's got to do, and everybody on the team's got to do what they got to do. So I don't think it's necessarily a racetrack, but he was saying one of two things. One, he was saying the championship just should come down to three races instead of the single race and have four people race for a championship through three races, which sounds okay, but he sounded it made a better idea. Instead of the playoff format, the knockout format that we've grown to despise, I feel, as NASCAR fans, go back to a chase format where it's the top 10, top 12, whatever number it is, reset, and you have 10 races to get it done. I think I, I completely agree with him. I, I for years, I feel like we should just go back to that format. You know, I think, I think at this point with the playoff system, I think the playoff system with 16 drivers is a little too much. And, you know, you know, we, we've seen it for years, how NASCAR continuously kind of changes it up a little bit as the years go on. I think that maybe we should go back to a chase 10 races and just, so yeah, I, I think that we need to go back to a chase format of 10 races and you're right i think it should i think we should just go back to 10 drivers as well because i think 16 drivers would probably be way too much again honestly and, and i i it's not that i hate the current playoff format i think it creates great drama especially in the cutoff races the roval bristol and now martinsville i saw two out of the three cutoff races and the start of the playoffs there at darlington where denny hamlin won but I feel like it's just one of those things now where the drivers are complaining, I think, more so than the fans. And that shouldn't happen. If you're, if you're a race car driver, your job is to come in here, do what I think every NASCAR fan dreams of doing. They wish they could do is be a at the race in a car competing for a win and competing against the best drivers in the United States. And I dare say, arguably, maybe the world as far as stock cars. Before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, and so much more to show everyone that you are an avid listener and a fan of rambling about racing. And if you order between now and the end of November using discount code TURKEY, you'll get 20% off of your order that is for both Teespring and Bonfire. Links will be in the podcast description. Or if you go to ramblingaboutracing.com, under the stores tab, that'll take you to our Teespring store where you can also find throwback in the Marbles racing gear. So head on over to those stores, check it out, getting ready for the holiday season, grab yourself a Rambling About Racing hoodie, or just a t-shirt for lounging around the house. Again, if you use discount code TURKEY, you get 20% off your orders. Now, come next year with the interjection of the Gen 7 car, I doubt anything's going to be changing as far as playoff formats. And I don't think if you're a NASCAR fan, if you're a true NASCAR fan, you're going to really care what the format of the playoffs is because the playoffs has come to show that it, it could be, it could create great drama on the track. Brad Keselowski was going for it and he, he, he took out Chase Elliott. He didn't make it and he tried to take out Kyle Busch and he didn't make it. Alex Bowman and the Hendrick cars were on the rail all day, 
but it was one of those things I feel where if you're on the outside looking in by a point or two or 10 or whatever, that you're going to do whatever it takes to get in. And if you're a driver in, you want to keep the fenders clean to do it. And, and I, I like both formats. Because really, ultimately, what the chase does was, is eliminate, it, it will still eliminate a lot of drivers, you know? So right. Well, yeah, right. But, uh, you know, the chase creates more of consistency, I think. Consistent. And, you know, okay. a lot of these guys, and, and you know, like you, like you said, the current format does work to a, to a point. I mean, it create it, the current format makes people have to win and want to win because if you win, you, you know, you win, you're into the next round or whatever. And I don't know. I, I feel like going back to a chase system would be a little more consistent, but you know, this whole system now creates, you know, like you said that, you know, it creates this thing where these guys are driving off the rail, you know, like people are taking each other out and they feel that the need that like they're that close. We have to start wrecking people and taking people out and, I do like that excitement. Don't get me wrong. It's always, it's, it's nice and refreshing to see these guys that are getting, that get upset with each other. But the fact that we're out here taking each other out and then you have people like Denny Hamlin, who just because he got moved out of the way a couple times and raced hard, he's got to come and show himself right in front of Alex Bowman, who's trying to celebrate a win. But like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's just the system, the current system makes it exciting. But at the same time, I think it's, you know, it's like with everything, you have your pros and your cons. And I think the con is, is that these guys start to take each other out when they're that close. They think, okay, well now we have a good idea as to why we can wreck them. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't, I haven't really seen that up until this year. I'm sure it's happened in the past few years, but I've never really focused on it because I've just always seen great racing. I think since you're, I'm at the track, I saw the necessarily the, you know, I focused on the front runners, the Chase Elliott's, Denny Hamlin's, Kozlowski's, and Alex Bowman's. And by the way, bravo to Eric Almarola for having a great run all day. But I've never really seen that. I've seen mistakes happen, like in the case of Jimmy Johnson and Truex at the Roval when Blaney won it to take Jimmy Johnson out of the championship hunt completely. So, I, I mean, I think this format produces good racing, but at your to your point, I totally agree that the chase format or the resetting of the top 10, top 12, what, what have you, whatever NASCAR may decide to do or whatever fans decide to do, would produce just as great racing because you want those consistent finishes. You want those stage points. You want to keep in contention for a championship at the final race of the season. You don't want to see it locked up with four races to go. No one really does. I know I complain about that a lot, and I, as much as I'd like to go back to the old points formats without chases, without playoffs, it could be locked up with three, four races to go if you run it consistently enough. Right, right, right. I tell you what, man, nobody was happy with Denny Hamlin after that race. Holy cow. The fans gave it to them. And I can't blame them. They probably should. <laughs> I can't blame them for viewing their distrust in it. But I must say, in the crowd, in the group that I was with, just to poke fun and just to not necessarily poke fun, but to egg on everybody, I said, Hamlin wasn't wrong. And man, I got it from Travis from Blind Spotting. I got it from him bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was so funny just watching their expressions of it. But, Michael brought up a good point. If you were, and I'm going to ask you this because this was a question thrown around there post race. If you were Denny Hamlin, how would you have reacted 
after the race is done. And the guy who won that spun you out, what would you do? Well, I'm not going to drive my car up to him like that unless unless he had not won the race. I mean, if the guy wins the race, I'm just going to pull on to pit road like always. But I'm I'm still going to have a talk with him. I'm going to want to I'm going to want to talk to him. But I feel like Denny Hamlin went a little too far with with using his car to come right on out there and block him from celebrating. I mean, I think that's a little too far. It does it show maybe some passion racing. Absolutely. But you know, at the same time, you know, we, maybe Hamlin's just kind of like, he's just kind of losing his cool. And you know, yeah, sometimes that's just not cool. <laughs> he's been losing his cool. I feel a lot. It, it feels like if it's against Chase Elliott and this is just me, if it's against Chase Elliott or if Denny Hamlin's a perpetrator, fans give it to them. Fans will take the side of Chase Elliott every time, and if it's a driver like Denny Hamlin, no matter if he was 100% right, they would be against him because I feel like he's just gotten to that point in the NASCAR community as far as the fans go. And what he said about Chase Elliott doesn't help here. I'm going to uh, let you guys listen to a clip from Bob Pockrass, and it might explain it a little more better than I can. It's it's just Chase Elliott fans, man. They're just, you know, they're not, they don't, they don't think straightly. They're going to boo the out of me next week i can tell you that does a comment like that make you feel that he kind of took a shot at your fan base i'm gonna lose so much sleep tonight like i might not sleep at all that's how concerned i am all right we're gonna go and my fans don't care either by the way and i don't think chase elliott fans do care so there was a two part parts to that there was denny hamlin talking about chase elliott fans i don't know why he was talking about chase elliott fans he didn't have a running with chase elliott on the track right, right if anybody right. if anybody's fan base should be mad at Chase Elliott. It's probably Kislowski fans. And even then, they don't have a leg to stand on because Kislowski took out the most popular driver in NASCAR. So I don't know why Denny Hamlin went to Chase Elliott fans, although be it that the question was asked beforehand, and if you barely heard it, it was asked. You, you received a lot of booze. How do you feel about that? And he automatically went to Chase Elliott fans. Now, of course, yeah, that's interesting how he did that because maybe because of their run in at Martinsville a couple years ago. But see, here's the thing. He brought up Chase Elliott fans, and of course, Chase Elliott's like, whatever, I don't care. I don't think my fans care either. But at the same time, you brought up a great point in which Michael brought up too. Denny Hamlin's mad at Alex Bowman for doing what Denny Hamlin did to Chase Elliott a number of years ago at Martinsville. There you go. And do you think, I, I because I think this, I think Denny Hamlin's reaping what he sows. I think this is a product of Denny Hamlin racing aggressive now all of a sudden he feels maybe someone entitled to your point of being a chase driver or being a playoff driver that nobody could race me like that, especially if you're not in the playoffs. It's, I think it absolutely cash, correct. I think it's more of a hypocrisy thing towards Denny Hamlin than it is a racing thing because he feels like yeah. I, I feel like Denny Hamlin feels that don't race me hard. I can race you hard, but if you race me hard, you're wrong. I don't think it's hypocrisy towards Denny Hamlin kind of thing because we've seen other playoff drivers this year make comments about people who aren't in the playoffs. I can't remember. There was somebody that said one time that talked about how there's some people just shouldn't even be on the track. And it's like, well, you know, we're all, they have, they're just as much right as they're to, to a race as you do. I just, you know what? And, and I said, I think I said it a couple weeks before in one of our episodes that if you're a championship, if you're a playoff driver, and you're going to talk about all these other drivers that aren't in the playoffs and they shouldn't be racing you hard, well, then you don't deserve to be a championship driver in general because you should, 
a playoff driver and a championship driver should be somebody that can that can work around not only racing playoff drivers, but people that are not in the playoffs as well. Because like we said, everybody has a, a right to be on there on that track. And it's such a unique thing with NASCAR. You don't see this in the World Series currently with the Braves and Astros. The Braves and Astros play the Astros and Braves. They play each other, and that's it, whether it be in Atlanta or in Houston. That's where they play. You get to NASCAR, and it's a different playing field every week, but you still have every other team on there that could win. Case in point, Alex Bowman, who got eliminated from the playoffs, I think, at Bristol, yet is still in contention to win. A lot of drivers were. I say all 40 of them to a point, except Quinn Half and B.J. McLeod, who just had an abysmal days. That should be expected now. I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, whether you're a competitor or a fan, that you're racing other cars there that aren't in the playoffs, but like you say, deserve to be there. I, I just find it funny how that works, and I don't know what Denny Hamlin's problem is. I like Denny Hamlin. And my, my view on Denny Hamlin hasn't soured as much as I feel other people's views of Denny Hamlin have. But, man, I mean, he's doing it to himself. Mm-hmm. It's, almost as, it's almost as bad as maybe Kyle Busch back when he was rowdy doing it to himself. Yeah, when he was uh, – uh, let's see. There was that one time – it was a truck race. I think it was Texas, if I'm not mistaken, where he took out a, um, took a championship out, yeah, driver. He took out Ron Hornaday. Yeah, uh, and and he took out Ron Hornet all over a racing incident where both of them went side-by-side side into turn one, coming up on a lap car, and Ron Hornet kind of washed up the racetrack because they were going three wide, which he washed the racetrack up the track into Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch kind of brushed the wall off the turn. Caution came out for some odd reason. I don't know why the caution came out. Nobody had spun out or anything like that, but he just followed Ron Hornet right into turn three and just smashed the gas and just kept smashing until he turned around and wrecked them both. And that was uh, just an instance right there where he just, I think that's an instance right there where he lost his school, just like Denny Hamlin decided to lose his school too, right after the race. Right. And now it comes to the big point because after that incident, Kyle Busch got parked. Should Denny Hamlin not participate in the round of four this weekend at Phoenix or should Kyle Busch bump into that seat? I don't see why there would be any kind of reason to park him for something like that. It's not like he was putting, I mean, I don't know if Alex Bowman already taken. I don't think Alex Bowman taking the helmet off or anything. I mean, he had literally just pulled up to the start finish line. So it's not like Hamlin went in there and just wrecked him or anything like that. I mean, he, he blocked him for a second and probably just wanted to voice his displeasure. Now, if he would have gotten out of the car, it probably would have been a different deal, but for him to just block him and then get back in front of him again and try to push the car. I don't know why he was doing all of that when he could have just gotten out and maybe said something to Alex Bowman face to face instead of just using his car the entire time. I thought that was I thought yeah. that was a little odd that he did it like that. But no, I don't I don't think he should be parked. Okay. I mean, if he gets parked like that, I mean, then you have a lot of backlash in the NASCAR community, you know, in the in the uh, yeah in the wave of Denny Hamlin fans. Yeah, and, and Denny Hamlin fans are out there. I saw a number of 11 FedEx jackets and hats throughout the Speedway, and one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you're a fan of that driver, and sometimes you're, and you just, some people like those kind of drivers, I feel. But I'm, I'm with you. He just, he shouldn't be parked, and I know we're calling two different incidences where Kyle Busch totally wrecked someone, like, within the start of the race, whereas at the end it was just a, Frustration boiled over, and frustration was boiling over throughout the course of that race. So it was just one of those things, you know. 
it was what it was, and I don't feel bad for Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. I don't feel bad for Denny Hanlon. I don't feel bad for Alex Bowman. I think they did what they did. Bowman came out on top. It was a great race, and I'm happy that I was there for the first time at Martinsville Speedway, NASCAR's oldest track, to experience it. And I'd like to get fans' opinions on it. Let us know what you think. Hashtag what you think ITM if you want to chime in on your take on it. But Preston, that was that was crazy, man. But looking forward to Phoenix. You looking forward to Phoenix? Final race of the NASCAR season. I can't believe it. It's already here. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to it. I just, you know, I think like we said in <laughs> episodes past right just i still don't agree with phoenix being that the final race i feel like homestead would probably make a little bit more of an exciting race in phoenix maybe but you know maybe this year phoenix might be different i don't know but uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes you know yeah, <laughs> we'll still have and, to see what happens and i'm not i'm not really i haven't met one nascar fan that says you, you know, Phoenix is the best place to host a championship race. It should be a homestead, I feel. It should be in Atlanta. Unfortunately, next year, I think it's back on the schedule as the final race of the season. But the schedule's already been printed out. They can't change it now. I feel like it would be uncouth to change it now, let's say that. But looking at the truck series, you got, again, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, Crafton, and John Hunter Nemechek. Three Toyotas and a Chevy right there in the truck series. Who's your pick to win in the truck series the championship? John Hunter Nemechek all day long. Okay. I think he's going to do it. I think Matt Crafton's going to do it again without a win this season. He's, I, he's done it before. That, that would be pretty good, interesting to see again. You know, I I do always like to see those guys that can that can get all the way through without getting a win because that just shows that consistency still does count in NASCAR. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then for the Xfinity Series, Noah Gregson, Austin Sendrick, Daniel Hemrick, and A.J. Allmendinger, who do you got? Ooh, hey, that's I really one. would like to see AJ Allmendinger or Daniel Hemrick really win. Honestly, yeah, I want I, my pick is Ham Hemrick. Okay, I'll yeah. go with AJ Allmendinger because I then. feel like now this, I, I would like to see either of those guys win. If Daniel Hemrick wins, it'll be the just like not winning the race because you don't necessarily have to win in order. You just have to finish ahead of the other three. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's right. And I think Hemrick's going to be doing it. I think Hemrick's going to be on it. He's going to do it without a win this season. He's going to be like the Matt Crafton. If Crafton and Hemrick win it without a win, then everybody's going to be looking at the playoff format as what? why even win if you're in. I, that's what I think. And then we get to the Cup Series. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Truex, and Hamlin. So you got Hendrick versus Gibbs here. Unfortunately, Battle of the powerhouses. Unfortunately, no Fords made it in. Kislowski was the closest one. Who do you got? 
I think Kyle. I'm going Kyle Larson. I okay. think Kyle Larson. I think is you're on going real. I think this is it. Yeah, you're going with the low hanging fruit there, man. <laughs> and and I, I think if you're a NASCAR fan out there making bets, to bet against a five car would be just astronine. Mm-hmm. You, you why would you do that? But I'm going to do that, Preston. Just to throw a just to throw a little controversy in there. I'm going with the driver in fourth in the point standings right now, Denny Hamlin. Just because everybody's against him, and if he wins the championship, Twitter's going to explode. Twitter servers might go down just based on the amount of discontent that will be thrown there, especially if there's controversy at the end of the race. It's going to be a fun week in the racing there at Phoenix. I wish I was there. One day, maybe Preston and I will be there at the final race of the season as fans, watching it from the stands, my friend. One day. One day. But here's how the breakdown of the final races of the season going for the NASCAR three, top three NASCAR series. Friday, November 5th at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on FS1 will be the Phoenix race for the truck series. Saturday, November 6th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN will be the Xfinity finale. And Sunday, November 7th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC will be the Final Cup race to determine the championship for the Cup Series. But then we also have another race coming up, Preston. Formula One, the Mexican Grand Prix, will start November 7th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I think that will give you enough time to switch between the Formula One and the Cup race. You might miss a little bit oh, yeah. of the cup race. That should that should give me some time. But man, Formula One was crazy in Turkey, or not Turkey, but the United States Grand Prix. Yes, uh, Formula One. That race was. I mean, that was. You know, I, I try. I explained it to a couple of people. You know, even though Formula One doesn't seem like to be a long race, they have races that are really good at almost. It's almost like watching a story be told from start to finish because the start of the United States Grand Prix all the way to the finish, it was just like this buildup. It was like why like reading a book, watching a movie, it's just it's just this build up all the way to the end to the climax. And it was I mean it was it was really something else to watch. It was a sight to see, first of all, starting with the fans, I mean there was a lot of people there. And that's what I like to see. It's nice to see that. And, you know, some people talked about how, well, how come NASCAR can't average fans like that? And then someone was like, well, the United States only gets one race a year. As NASCAR fans, we have 36 races in the United States a year. So that's why. But I thought overall, it was a great race. There was a lot of battles that went on, but the main battle that everybody focused on in that championship with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, I mean... Wow, just absolutely wow. Verstappen going for the undercut, and it worked. And then coming to the end, Lewis looked like he was catching him. And every lap, I mean, like, I, Matt, I can tell, as a race fan, it was exciting. Like, my heart was racing because in Formula One, for people that don't know, you have DRS zones. And I think at Circuit of the Americas, let's see, there's, I think there's only two, if I'm not mistaken, only two. But Lewis Hamilton was that close for, like, 10 straight laps. He was almost there within a second of Verstappen. He was there and then he wasn't. He was almost there and then he wasn't. And you're like, is this the lap that he's going to do it? Oh, he's in DRS range. Is he going to catch him? And he kept getting really close. And you're just like, oh, man, is it going to happen? But Verstappen came out on top. And that was probably one of the one of my top exciting races that I've watched in the last couple of years in terms of Formula One. I thought that was a great race from start to finish. And it was just drama filled all the way up to the end. 
it, it really was. And let's go back to Formula One here real quick. And I know we're a couple weeks old on this because we didn't do an episode last week. But there was a big talk within the NASCAR community and the racing community, I should say, on Twitter about the difference between Circuit of the Americas and Kansas during the Cup race. Now, Kansas wasn't sold out, but they had a decent crowd there for the Kansas Cup race. Correct. Whereas Circuit of the Americas, I couldn't see any place within that whole circuit that looked like it was not filled. I think they had upwards of nearly 400,000 people for the entire weekend, I think it was. I mean, that is an astronomical number for any race, let alone be it a Formula One race, which I think those numbers are right on par with anywhere you go in the world with Formula One. You're going to see a massive group of people. It has a great following, and it's only grown in popularity here in the United States. Yes. But people were complaining, stating that, how can Formula One sell out, but NASCAR can't? They were kind of dogging NASCAR on that part. But Formula One yeah. only comes to the United States once this year. It's going to be twice next year with the introduction of the Miami Grand Prix, as well as Circuit of the Americas. And they're also talking about a, maybe a third possible Grand Prix at Las Vegas. I don't blame I, I did. I, I did see this thing on Twitter, and I, I may have commented on a post on Facebook that NASCAR put out about it, too, as well. <laughs> To see what kind of reactions I could get from other fans. Because I I can't remember what the article was. Ta- I think the article talked about how, I think it may have to do with why did uh, F1 have so many people, but, you know, Kansas, what the comparison, I guess, between the two. And, I mean, I don't know if you have a opinion as to what or what you may you know, what kind of answer you may have to it, but I kind of had an opinion, which I don't know if mine really made a whole lot of sense, but in my mind, it kind of makes sense. Well, well let's hear it, Preston. To me, now, F1 is growing in pop- popularity here in the United States, and I think it has to do with the Drive to Survive series on Netflix. I think we all can say that that has got a part in it because that right there shows you kind of deeper in depth about the world of F1 and how much drama really can go on. But I think what my opinion was is that when you had all this COVID happening and stuff like that, Formula One has been very consistent on keeping all of their practice sessions and qualifying session open, even when they would go to tracks that they couldn't have fans at. Because I, I think I, I really feel like that a race, a race weekend to have a whole weekend of racing is a very important thing to have practice sessions, to have qualifying sessions. And when you break, when you go and switch over to the world of NASCAR, when they had, when we went through times of COVID now NASCAR had their own thing with, you know, testing people for COVID and, you know, social distancing. And so did formula one. But like I said, formula one kept to the, kept to the, the traditions that, you know, that the things that they do, which is having practice sessions, NASCAR went and took all of that out and says, we're just going to show up and race and that's it. And I think, and now that fans get to come back to the track, a lot of people used to go to tracks where they could just go all weekend long. And sure, we have Xfinity on Saturday and a couple on Sundays and trucks on Fridays. But when there's nothing to do all weekend long, why would you want to go? You know, some people like to just go for practice sessions and just to see the cars, but still be there for the weekend. But when you have NASCAR, that's kind of changing things up to where teams don't get to practice anymore. We have not seen, you know, qualifying, which can be very exciting at times. I feel like with no practices, that's eliminating a lot of guys' chances at finishing while on races because we all know that practice sessions, that's what practice is for. 
is to tune that car correctly. And now I guess NASCAR wants to say that teams probably have all this data in their system now that they don't need to practice. And I, I disagree with that 100%. I like where your head is at because here at the final race of this season, I think NASCAR has finally woken up and saying they will be practicing and they will be qualifying for the cup race. I'm sure it's going to be, I don't know if it's the same for the Xfinity and truck race, but I know at least for the cup race, based on what I heard on MRN at Martinsville, that they are going to have practice and they are going to have qualifying, which is great. But I'm 100% with you there, Preston. Formula One is doing nothing but growing because they aren't breaking back. And even if they did go away from practice and qualifying for a little bit, they would have brought it back as soon as they could, as soon as it was logistically feasible within the confines of the host nation's COVID protocols and their own protocols. The last time we had a good practice session as far as NASCAR was the start of the 2020 season where cars were on the track and that's when you had the practice and that's when you had the qualifying and even after practice you still, or even after qualifying you still had more practice. I'm 100% with you on that. I think NASCAR needs to get back to practice and qualifying. I've been saying it for a while because I'm sick of cars lining up based on points or how they ran last weekend. That shouldn't be the way it, it works. It's not the way it's ever worked in NASCAR until the start of COVID. So I think I, I'm, I'm with you. I think bringing back practice will improve, for one, the, the overall product that NASCAR puts on the track. I think it gives drivers the, it doesn't give drivers the excuse, oh, we didn't practice, therefore we didn't know what we had coming to the track. We just threw in a setup and hoped for the best. And I feel... Like, things would come back to normal. People would want to go to the track, to your point. I miss waking up at racetracks, hearing the sound of the cars on track. Even knockout qualifying. I liked, I was a, I was a big fan of na- knockout qualifying, though it didn't produce, I think, what NASCAR wanted it to produce. Knockout qualifying was still something where you could get out there, run a few laps, and post a time, and it would be, the time would be coming down, and who's on the bubble and who's on the track at the time to try to improve their position. I think it's a great thing. And I think NASCAR has gotten away from that. And I'm with you. I think that's hurting NASCAR. Because if you if you and I were to go to a track and spend $500 for a campsite for the weekend, wouldn't you expect to see on-track activity throughout the course of that weekend? Absolutely. I would 100% expect to have access to the garage if we were in that position, have access to the garage, see the cars work, come and go, and and practice whether it be for qualifying or rate or the race and then qualify for a position on that grid. Now, I think we're gone past the point where more than 40 cars show up and we have to qualify in order to see who stays and who goes. We're way past that point, especially with the introduction of the charter system and provisional starting spots. We're, we're totally away from that. But I don't like seeing cha- our playoff drivers start at the front of the field and, have, and, and pretty much starting to clean air and drivers that aren't in the playoffs, I mean, for example, Bubba Wallace, who was, was never in the playoffs, not have that opportunity to maybe start in the top five and see what he could do throughout the course of a race. Because depending on where you start, that's kind of where you're, you're going to stay all day unless you're a Kyle Larson or a Denny Hamlin starting from the back of Martinsville. Very rarely do you find those things you could fine-tune and go through the field. I, I think it would be great to see that again from NASCAR just because – I would like that. I would like to see good products on onto the track. I I don't think drivers, especially in the playoffs, should have that right to start up front. I think if we could remember Brian Newman, he used to qualify in the pole all the time. Doesn't necessarily mean he won, 
Nope. It was fun seeing how many poles can he do it. Then that gives incentives for the, the Budweiser shootout, now the Bush Clash, to be a part of that event. But I'm with you, man. That was a great explanation for it. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, something else that, you know, kind of irked me and what I kind of saw from this past week that kind of maybe I can throw in there is that, you know, the fans, those fans that have followed NASCAR for a long, long time probably don't like the current maybe race packages that we come with. Or, you know, if you watch like Martinsville last week and how so, you know, when cars get together, how much damage it creates by just. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting together so little. I mean, like, you're, you're talking about all these bumpers and corner panels just absolutely crushing in by just this contact at, you know, I hate that word contact, but that's for another day. Uh, all this contact at, you know, say 100 and some odd miles an hour come down the, the straights or in the corners, you know, at like 90, 85, 90 miles an hour. I mean, it's just, the cars these days just, they get destroyed so easily. I don't think fans really like that as much anymore either. I mean, it's just like if you get into the wall at the slightest, I mean, it's like it kills your entire day, and it's just like that That kind of sucks because at a place like Martinsville, it's kind of hard to avoid, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot to it. It's hard to avoid so much at Martinsville, whether it be cars getting into you or just getting into the wall itself. I think fans have maybe just gotten to that point where they're just getting tired of NASCAR continuously saying, you know, we're gonna we're coming to the track with this kind of package this week. And it's just like, uh, I mean... NASCAR tries to play that up as, oh, it's going to make it exciting, but then in reality, it doesn't really make it exciting at all for people. You know what I mean? I think things of that nature. I think it's just small, other small things in general for NASCAR fans that just get tired of NASCAR changing a lot of things around. They're like, well, what's the point in even going this weekend if it's going to be much different than how we used to know growing up? You know what I mean? I think it's things like that. But that's just what, how I view it. I don't know how other people would view it, right. but that's what I see. Yeah, and I think a lot of that would change with the Gen 7 car coming out next year. I know they have a different composite body coming out with it. Based on what Dale Jr. has said about the testing and every driver who's tested that car, seems like the better, there's going to be more, I get it's going to be in a way easier to drive, but at the same time, it's going to be harder to drive. But it's not going to be, I think, as aero-sensitive as it was back this year or the previous years that we've seen. But we'll just have to wait and see with that. But I think with the introduction of the Gen 7 car, to your point and I think my point, bring back practice, bring back qualifying. You're going to need that. And this is NASCAR's time to, I think, sink or swim because Formula One's coming back to the United States twice next year, and they're going to be in big trouble if Formula One's always selling out and they're going to have fans. It's going to be tough to put fans in the stands if they have a chance between Formula One and, and NASCAR coming to the U.S., and um, let's see, there was something else that said that the, this this year's United States Grand Prix was the second highest viewed Grand Prix in the United States. I think number one was the, I think it was 2007 Grand Prix at uh, Indianapolis, I think it was. I think that was the number one highest viewed F1 race in America so far up until this point. And this past, and then over here at Circuit of the Americas, a couple weeks ago was that was that was scored at number two all time in the United States. So yeah, Formula One is coming, and you know for them to have 
up to 400,000 people all weekend long. I mean, just watching the first two practice sessions on that Friday, I mean, there was a ton of people there, and there was no empty seats anywhere. I mean, people were sitting, standing. I mean, it was just, it was, it was unreal to see, honestly. It was just, it was crazy to see. That it was, and, and we'll just have to wait till next year. Hopefully, NASCAR can um, do the right thing and um, go at it. That's, what, that's the way I feel. That's what, but you have anything else, man? I feel like we're kind of beating the dead horse. I think it was a fun episode. You know, Denny Hamlin probably needs to get his uh, priorities straight. I don't know what's wrong with him, but Denny Hamlin needs to wake up and stop being a jerk, or else he's going to be in big trouble. And far-reaching implications is his new race team, 2311. But it should be fun yeah, to see. He, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I think I'm hoping that we're going to get an exciting weekend of NASCAR racing. I think with it coming down in the Cup Series to Hendrick Motorsports versus Joe Gibbs, it's pretty much just a battle of powerhouses. And you know what? For some reason, maybe Denny Hamlin gets all tangled up with Chase Elliott half the day, and they end up taking each other out, and we get get down to Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr., who will probably race each other till they can drive the wheels off the things. Right. And whoever wins, whoever comes out on top, the other guy probably won't be that angry about it. I think those are two just genuine racers right there that whoever gets wrecked, they'll be like, oh, you know what? Hey. We did what we had to do. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, it is what it is. Well, two drivers are going for their first championship in the Cup Series, and the other two are going for their second championship in the Cup Series. It should be a lot of fun, and that's going to be on Sunday, the final race of the season. But Preston, anything else before we get into our final thoughts? Uh, nope, nothing else. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblinaboutracing.com under our sponsors tab, there at the bottom you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, diecasts, and much more. But it doesn't just stop. have to stop there. If you... Like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. All right. Final thoughts here on this episode of Rambling About Racing. Um, again, glad everybody has joined us, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network, the Belly Up Podcast Network, or just your regular podcast platform. Really do appreciate it. There is a one announcement that I wanted to make at the top of the show. Totally forgot because we got caught up into this Kevin Harvick, and or not Kevin Harvick, but Denny Hamlin, the boggle there with Alex Bowman winning the race. Charlie and I are going to be racing in the ERSCA series for iRacing here in the 2022 season. Well, that's pretty cool. We're going to be racing against the likes of Jeff Green, a few other big iRacers there throughout the course of the 2022 season. It's going to be broadcasted on YouTube, and it's it's a really cool thing. Look at look it up if you get a chance, everybody. ERSCA. It's just like a real race broadcast. They have a ticker everywhere, and they start off at Daytona. We're going to be racing in the Gen 7 car. And I think Charlie and I, and I think it's more so Charlie, because I said, what make do you want to run? Because you can't have a team. We're going to be 
We're going to be a team car. And we decided on Chevy, Toyota, or Ford. And Charlie is a Chevy guy, and we're going with Chevys. So we're going to be driving a Hendrick Power there. I can't wait to see this. It's going to be a lot of fun. So hope you could. Uh, we'll give you more information as it comes along. But yeah, Charlie and I will be racing competitively in an iRacing series here in the 2022 season. We're looking forward to it. Hope everybody could join us whenever you can. It's on YouTube. It's free. Just stream it. It's streamed, and they have in-car driver interviews. So maybe they'll interview me. It would be a lot. Shout out, of, shout out to rambling about racing. Yeah, well, it's going to be a rambling about racing Chevrolet, and if and I think other podcasts throughout the Unhinged Sports Network want to put their names on the cars with a for a small fee. I'm not talking like it's not like I'm buying tires or anything, but like twenty bucks, put their name on the car, and it will be a lot of fun. So make sure you look out for that. I can't wait. Hopefully, it, that, that really does sound exciting. I hopefully won't make a fool out of myself. <laughs> Here in the 2022 Just be season. sure to practice a lot. <laughs> Needless to say, Charlie and I have already set up times when he gets home in December to start running through practices and setups. It's a fixed setup, so it isn't anything like we have to do anything crazy with the car. But I think right, it's just more right, of right. us, more of him and I both getting on the track and learning the car, the Gen 7 car for one, and two, learning the brake zones and how to run these cars competitively. We'll probably do tests at Daytona and stuff just to work on the draft. Just so we don't make complete idiots of ourselves coming up here in February, should be a lot of fun. Though. I'm excited. I'm excited to see this. Well, I think this. I think this is gonna be cool. Well, I definitely share it. We'll, we'll again, we'll let you know. But before we get into our driver of the week this week in NASCAR, we were a couple weeks behind on in the marble 2.0 standings, and it's coming close. It's coming close, man. 49 points separates SMR R&D, who is in first place, and Matt Camper, who is in second, for that hundred dollar Amazon gift card. I can't believe it's already here the final race of the season but yeah I, I failed to update my roster for martinsville so i'm still in sixth place behind chuck or behind charlie who's has Ooh. who's broken the six thousand mark i'm still in the five thousand marks but here's a here's a rundown here smr r&d matt camper s blades preston's fourth you have a chance to jump s blades for third you could finish in the podium if you, oh if i you, would like that <laughs> if you play your cards right for phoenix Chuck, I've got th- everybody saved. Yeah, I got everybody saved. I'm throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this one. Chuck, yeah. 80, Chuck 8384 is fifth. I'm in sixth. Smoking Woody's seventh. And that's pretty much your top seven right there. But we're, like I said a few episodes ago, we're updating the new fantasy league. We're going to try to make it a little more interactive. If we can't figure it out, we'll just go back to In the Marbles 2.0. Worry not, fans. It's one way or another, we're going to have fun next season. I'd hate to keep giving out a $100 Amazon gift card, but that seems like the best prize to give out, especially around the end of the NASCAR season when the holidays come around. You could either mm-hmm. use it for gifts or yourself. Who cares? Yeah, next week we'll find out who wins, SMR, R&D, or Matt Camper. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it here. I think Matt Camper is going to win. Ooh. Well, so go, go, we'll ahead, go, ahead, go ahead and pull against your friend there. Preston. Let's see <laughs> no, what I think I think Maples <laughs> is about to wrap it up again. <laughs> yeah, my, Maples might be a second year in a row. We just might as well just give him in at the start of the season next season. But a lot of fun in the Marbles 2.0 wrapping up at the end of next after next week's race. But Preston, driver of the week this week in NASCAR always asks, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first this week. All right, man. Who's our driver of the week this week? Our driver of the week this week is. I got this idea because I'm currently on YouTube right now, and there's a race from Martinsville playing. I think this is obviously late 90s, probably. The driver is Kevin LePage. Haven't heard that name in quite some time, I obviously. haven't heard that name in years. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin LePage, born June 26, 1962, last drove in NASCAR in 2014. So, yeah, it's been quite some time since we've heard of Kevin LePage. His Cup Series career, well, we'll go Xfinity first. His Xfinity Series career consisted of 350 races run over the span of 21 years with a best points finish of eighth coming in 1996. He won two times at 51 top tens and four pulls in the Xfinity Series. He ran 201 races over 11 years in the Cup Series with his best finish in points coming in 1999, where he finished 25th in points, but only amassed nine top 10 finishes and one pull in the Cup ser- in his Cup Series career. Excuse me. Kevin LePage, I think also... If I'm not mistaken, let me see. I lost it here already. I think he's the only stock car driver from Vermont to compete in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series in the 1990s. So, yeah, it's an, I don't think you see many Cup Series drivers or drivers in general coming from Vermont at I all. Don't, I don't recall Honestly. anything coming out of Vermont, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, Kevin LePage is our driver of the week. Well, very here. nice, man. Kevin Rambling Le- about racing. Kevin LePage, they can't complain about that driver of the week. Outstanding job for this week in NASCAR, November 7th, 1976. Dave Marcus outruns David Pearson and Donnie Allison in a three car shootout to win the Dixie 500 at Atlanta's International Raceway. Newcomer Dale Earnhardt survives a wicked tumble with 49 laps to go. And that is your This Week in NASCAR. Can't wait for that repave at Atlanta. Hopefully it does what NASCAR intends it for it to do. And if that works out with Atlanta, expect Texas and other tracks to follow suit to repave and reconfigure. I have a feeling. Just a gut, re, gut, gut idea there. But Preston, yeah, uh, yeah. wanted to thank, uh, take a, this opportunity again to thank the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast, Michael, Andrew, and Travis for allowing me to tag along with them for an exciting Martinsville weekend. It was, a, again, a great time. I don't. They asked when I could do it again, and I said, I don't know. I'll let you know because uh, baby's on the way. And I got to say, they gave me, uh, the guys from Blind Spotting gave me a nice present for little baby Maury who's doing it here in February. They gave me a Chase Elliott onesie. Oh. So, so my daughter is going to be a Chase Elliott fan, apparently, which is fine. Which is how I'm, nice of them. How, it, was, it was nice of them. I, I told her, I told him I'll take a picture and have and send it to each and every one of them because uh, it doesn't matter to me if she's a Chase Elliott fan or not. If she's a race fan, I'll be happy. If not, you know what I mean. It's it's not a big deal. I don't really right, mind as yeah. long as she's happy with whatever she wants to do. But I'm going to try everything in my power to kind of nudge her in the right direction. You know. So thanks to right. the, so thanks to the guys again there at Blind Spotting NASCAR Firecast for allowing me to tag along with them in a very fun weekend with them. But Preston, you have anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, nothing else. All right, buddy. Well, with that being said, we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here on this episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week. Sorry again about last week, folks. Rest assured, it was just one of those fluke things that rarely happens but sometimes does. I'd like to thank all of our partners here at the show. Stand up to Cancer and Fanatics for all they do, not only for us here at the show, but for the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Podcast Network as well. Make sure to follow Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All those can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com. And we'll talk to you guys after this weekend's races at Phoenix and Mexico. For Preston Lude, who's P underscore Luda at Twitter, 
Charlie Kirkus, who's not here, Chuck8384. I'm Matt Beamer and Beamer22 on Twitter. Follow us and so you can talk to us about racing. And we'll see you guys after the finale there at Phoenix. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.